Thank you for joining us on More Than That, a podcast where we dive a little bit deeper into what was preached on Sunday morning. We hope that this is enriching to your walk with Christ and that you love God and people that much more so that we can extend the glory of God to the people he has placed in our lives. So buckle up and enjoy the conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to More Than That. So, this week has been a very interesting week so far just because of um, the passage that, you know, that we're working through with, with intercession and how Moses is an interceder between Israel and God. So, sitting here with Raphael, and Raphael had... Exodus 33, 12 through 23 this week. So, Raphael, if you had 10 extra minutes, what would you, what would you say? I mean, 10 extra minutes, I would have finished. Uh, I think I stopped in verse 20. Um, I finished in verse 17 uh, or 18. So, I'd have finished it, but we're going to cover that on this coming Sunday. But... <clears throat> What I wanted to really camp on um, was just really kind of finding how um, how intercession is probably like maybe building a lot more on intercession mm-hmm. and um, how intercession is probably one of the most neglected areas uh, within the church. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and when I say intercession, Moses like. You know, we see there is actually like there is repentance, obviously, on behalf on the people's side. They're outside. They are worshiping. They are kneeling down and they are letting, taking off jewelry and all that. But you're seeing Moses being that intercessor between uh, between the people and God, mm-hmm. and God accepting, um, and God agreeing now to go with them on because of Moses who is interceding for them. So. Um, and and I spent some time really just like going into uh, into Romans chapter nine, uh, Romans chapter nine, just to show like this is what it looks like to have an intercessory heart, mm-hmm. um, where evangelism is 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 fueled by the fact that like you you're being an intercessor, um, yeah. being the church, being um, you know. So I, I kind of looked at it from there. I wanted to really unpack it where, obviously, I mentioned that, like, in a household, this is what it looks like for you to be an intercessor, um, mm-hmm. where where there's ways in which, um, there's ways in which I, my heart breaks when I see all the wasted opportunities I should have, like, that God invites me to intercede for, mm-hmm. uh, for those in my house, and maybe I end up using it more in a, in a terrible way, mm-hmm. um, and so so that's really just that's important even for us as a church as well to be thinking about that to think about that God has called us um, to to be conformed to His image to Christ's image, and Christ. Um, what I love about Jesus is not what He only He's done, but also what He's doing now. Mm-hmm. That like to conform to His image means also to adopt. 
the posture that he has, which is an intercessory posture. Mm-hmm. And oh, what I actually like admire about Moses um, is he is he's actually called the most humble man. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact that like if if you have been interceding for someone praying for someone even if it's an enemy or someone that like maybe has hurt you or someone that has you know like just just someone that you know intercession is one of the best ways to root out pride and to root out judging to root out like just to root out like maybe stereotypes and all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah um of just the fact that like if you were interceding and it just imagine like what it would look like when you've been taking some time to pray about a certain issue maybe your wife or your husband has been going through you will actually open that subject in a lot more humble way in a humble in a mm-hmm. humble posture than yeah. if you're coming <clears throat> in from a condemnatory way you see what yeah. i mean yep. um even with your children if this is something, and, and also as well, like intercession kind of uh, allows you to be able to like, um, you know, I, I'll say it in this way. Like the power of intercession helps us in a way that um, I remember there was a, um, there was a, a gentleman um, that I was really frustrated with in the church, like, uh, not not frustrated, but like just kind of um, just watching him being on the fringes quite a lot, mm-hmm. and and just not diving in, like um, not diving in, and and I remember just like having to like, okay, I need to have a conversation with this person, and I need to talk to this person, and we need to talk about A, B, C, and D, and all that stuff, um, and I remember just like God saying, hey. Like just, just really, just like, hey, why are you aware of this? Maybe it's because you're you're meant to be praying for this. So, mm-hmm. hold, mm-hmm. don't talk. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about this. Let's let's work through. And then I'm like, I want to talk to that person. No, hold. Let's just let's kind of work through it. Yeah. And and the more I prayed, the more compassion I gained. The more I'm just like, and then so. Um, and I remember that person eventually getting to a point where all of a sudden one day they come to me and they talk to me and they're like, oh, this is what God has been dealing with me about. This is what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm finally giving, I'm giving a hundred into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as soon as I turned away from there, I remember just almost having this check in my heart of like, I can do a better job than you can. Like if you had opened this conversation, you realize it could have gone totally the opposite. But like you know what, it just just my my thing about that is like, uh, and I've seen that also with even my in our marriage, like where me and my wife and and there was just something where I was just like, oh, let's go ahead, like I, let's mm-hmm. unpack this right away. And I just felt like a check in my heart where God was like, hey, no, 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 no. That's not for you to bring it up right now. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a time. Let's work through it first. Mm-hmm. Why don't you really just pray? I'm inviting you to just pray. And then one day my wife walks up to me and says, hey, 
I was reading scripture, this is what God is convicting me about. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know how long I've been praying for this. <laughs> and it just yeah. becomes like, instead of a big blowout fight, mm -hmm. it becomes like, let's celebrate the fact that like, oh, I didn't have to unpack this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in just one of those things mm -hmm. where, where you're having those moments. And so, um, I... You know, I know this is not directly like it's it's looking at Moses the intercessor and looking at Jesus the intercessor, looking at Paul the intercessor, uh, looking at even Jesus when when you remember what he says when when Peter is gonna be tempted. <clears throat> Jesus says, Peter, the devil is asked to what to sift you, mm -hmm. but I have interceded for you. I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail you. So I, I just kind of like, my main thing today in my 10 minutes that I have <laughs> is just really just saying, really just inviting us as a church, number one, to really just like embrace that whole, the intercessory ministry in terms of like God has put you in your home as an intercessor for your own children, for your husband, for your wife, for your family members. A lot of times we think our words can do a better job than our prayers can. Yeah. Our prayers also, like that's invite God into that situation. And then not only that, for our neighbors, for, for people that we love, like that we, mm -hmm. evangelism <clears throat> is empowered by intercession. Like when Paul actually just said, God's love compels me. Like in Rome, in, in first Corinthians, in first, second Corinthians chapter five, 14, mm -hmm. where he says like, it comes, it comes tells me to actually like why to share the gospel like how, where does that grow mm -hmm. it grows by actually you zooming in into a person and being like and realizing man they are lost without god mm -hmm. and i think that's now like where the sad part is that we're so distracted a lot in our world so distracted that like it's so hard for us to meditate like jesus like what he would do to meditate on people's plight. Mm -hmm. Like it just, just, just sit there and meditate. And that way then it empowers like, as in like, are we being for real? Like for real that like people without Jesus will spend an eternity into a joy, in, into a, a joy void, um, you know, just whatever it is that you describe hell to be. Yeah. Like, do we kind of just, can we stop and think about my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, my son, my friend, my, my co-worker, whom I actually hold dearly, and stop and meditate on that, and then begin to say, but there's a God who so loved the world that he gave. That like, maybe they're so skewered, like, you, you know, you, you, you meet a lot of people that, that are atheists, that don't believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. They're so skewered in their view of God and all that stuff. And then we think maybe my conversation mm -hmm. is going to be, but like, no, like your prayers. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, eventually when God opens that door to talk, now you can be able to bring, bring that. I think we, we, we sometimes just like want to talk first without having to spend time just asking God, would you soften their hearts? Uh, would you do, you know, Ezekiel 36, 20, 25 and 26, 
God is the one who gives a new heart, who gives a soft heart and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's also as well in the church. And I think I just kind of like, um, you know, because I jealously long for us to be an interceding church, mm-hmm. it's easy now when you go, because Exodus community, you get to Leviticus, you get to, you get to Numbers, Numbers literally like is all about complaining and murmuring and doing all that stuff. And where at the end of the day, they're not going to God. Like, and Moses is just like, man, they end up actually not, Numbers is where they end up actually not making it into the promised land. Mm -hmm. They end up getting stuck in the desert because they're complaining and all that. And for me, that's now like where I'm like, what joy do we forfeit when we just spend more time complaining instead of more time talking to God about what's going on, whether it's in the church, whether it's anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where I think we miss out on uh, on that joy of watching. Because could, could you imagine, like, a, you know, intercession is probably maybe my last, my last. <laughs> Some 126 is my favorite. Those who saw in tears were reap in shouts of joy mm-hmm. like just really like that whole idea of like man like you know uh, they say there was a young man who went to Charles Spurgeon and said man like what is it that I need to do my I'm preaching I'm doing all these things and all that stuff and people are not coming to know Jesus what's going on and Spurgeon replied to him and said try tears mm-hmm. like yeah. and it, why tears Try tears of intercession first. Pray for people. And man, you will now rip in shouts of joy when you're now seeing people coming to know. People that you're like, I don't know how you came about Mm -hmm. to know Jesus, but I know I'm not the one. I know it's not my words. As much as I could have argued you into the kingdom, Mm -hmm. bro, like... I know beyond a shadow of doubt, like when I'm sitting in front of someone who who moves from death to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, well, and like, I mean, when you're thinking about what intercessory prayer mm. actually is, yeah. you're literally sticking yourself in between that person and God. Mm-hmm. And you're praying specifically for that person so that you can be removed. Yeah. So that that barrier that barrier doesn't or is no longer needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know, whenever you're having a hard time with somebody, um, whether it's <clears throat> you know somebody that you're sitting next to in church, um, or somebody that you meet on the street that you really have a hard time yeah. hard time with because you know them, mm-hmm. or um, a a leader in society. Yeah. Um, regardless of what sphere of society that mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, you're interceding for that person so that you can then re- be removed. But what does that do is it puts you at a lower position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you said, Moses is known as one of the, hum- as the most humble. So if that's really the case and we're supposed to mimic Moses, what does it look like? What does it look like to, yeah. to then be humbled to the point of where you're praying mm-hmm. so that intercession is no longer needed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, you brought up, you brought up evangelism. Uh, well, 
intercession is no, no longer needed by a human. You know, we always have the Spirit and Christ interceding yeah, for yeah, us, yeah. On, like on behalf of us with the mm. Father. But uh, you brought up evangelism. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I think interceding really, really helps us with is understanding that we don't need to in, in every conversation within an evangelistic setting. Yeah. Not every conversation needs to have a gospel presentation at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you know, if that's the case and you're trying to get this like death, fall, resurrection, all all of this stuff like packed into one conversation, you're either gonna be there for hours. <laughs> yeah. You probably don't yeah. have that amount of time. But also you could be you could be speaking from a, a, a prideful standpoint. Oh yeah, and That's, but if you take that, well, there's no compassion, man. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. It's usually a look down, <clears throat> like yeah. yeah. And like you know, in in the apologetics community, the one of the the, if not the biggest thing that we're called to do, is first seek to understand. Yeah. So you're you're that's seek to intercede. You can replace that with yeah. Seek to mm. intercede, then present them with the gospel yeah yeah um that's which, good you know that's so yeah seek to understand and then give your give your argument mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it really just opens up the door it builds bridges all of these different things it provides you with a as the interceder it provides you with a a new perspective and and love for that person mm. which is exactly what we are called to do by Christ in Matthew 23, I think it's 23. Love God, love people. Yeah, yeah. And then everything else follows. So Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> but speaking on intercessory prayer, <laughs> there is a there is an event that has been going on like nonstop. Okay. In Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, at Asbury Seminary. Um so there's this revival going on. Um, you know, what does it look like for us as a church in central Pennsylvania, nowhere near Asbury Seminary, to intercede for these people? And, like, how, can, how as, as a church, should we be looking at and viewing and thinking about something like a revival like this? Hmm. I mean, so... Yeah, when it comes to like things like uh, what's happening in Asbury, um, my thing about that is that like um, I would say very slow to speak is the posture for Christians right now um, in terms of like obviously like we you know when you study revivals and you mm-hmm. study they um, not all of them like. Okay, let's just kind of zoom back. Um, if even when you get to the time, like, like let's say for example that man who's healed at the pool, uh, at the pool, mm-hmm. and literally they're like, and he's like, I was healed, like, or or just like mm-hmm. anyone who's being questioned by, by the Pharisees, they can see a miracles there, but they're like, nah. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's not really. And but yet they were the greatest believers of that day, the Pharisees. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were <clears throat> and so, I just like for mm-hmm. me right now, like I'm like I'm so removed from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know what's going on, but I know that those are brothers and sisters that are actually like really just like longing for God to do something new, just yep. like we do. So um, probably how I've been processing this week has just been like um, really thinking about like, okay, God, um, I see I'm praying that this is something that brings lasting change in people's lives. Yeah. So praying rather than coming from a posture of like, just because I've read um, Jonathan Edwards' uh, Religious Affections, um, uh, who really just talks about like what a true revival looks like and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, just because I've read church history and I've seen, I've read in Great Awakenings and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Like part of that is just like, it, my, I'm just like, I'm left very cautious, um, not, not cautious, curious, right? Yeah. Curious and cautious. Mm -hmm. Cautious to actually just like, instead of just going on and just condemning something, as in like, just because it doesn't look like A, B, C, and D, therefore it is not. <coughs> mm -hmm. um, or that it doesn't follow a specific theological system. Yeah, a system, yeah. then it's not. Uh, what I love, and from what I've seen, I've just like loved to, to see that there are people that, um, man, they've just been, Jesus has been being exalted. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time as well, like, um, I have to acknowledge it's not, uh, you know, Jesus is uh, being exalted. People, people seem like they're being mocked, like in terms of like, something is happening there. Mm -hmm. And I think us as a church yeah. there, we just have to now be praying and saying, God, um, mm -hmm. if this is something new that you're doing, um, and when I'm saying something new, I'm, I'm not saying like a new gospel. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also what we're praying for. God, we're praying that mm -hmm. like it's not emotionalism. It's not, yeah. it's not all these things. I mm -hmm. think that's what like, God, the church needs to be praying for. Mm -hmm. It's not all this, but we're praying that it is. It is genuine. It mm -hmm. is lasting. Uh, it will further your purposes for your glory, not only yeah. there. Because now it started going to Cedarville University, mm -hmm. all these other campuses. And wh why those, why, why? Why do we need that in compasses? Uh, because here we are. We have been the ones who have been saying, man, like, uh, young people are leaving the Lord and all that stuff. And, like, and now then God is starting to do something. Uh, he's doing something in those mm -hmm. schools. Like, for me, I'm just praying that it lasts, it lasts number one, like, mm -hmm. for lasting impressions in the lives of all those people that have gone and, but at the same time, I'm also as well, like, just where being, where I'd like to caution people is where it's easy to look from outside and criticize and stuff instead of saying, man, I would love a hunger like that for God. Yeah. I, I would love, like, mm -hmm. like, just, could you just imagine what that would look like in Williamsport? Like if that happened, like let's say in one of the colleges mm -hmm. and all of a sudden like there's just this, I would love a hunger like that. Because a lot of times people just kind of like, I'm looking as well, like <laughs> I'm like, man, like, you know, some of our churches are just dead. Yeah, yeah. 
and and but yet we can be very quick to complain <coughs> mm-hmm. and like and just saying but yet we long to see our young people like i'm talking about like mm-hmm. so for me so this is my reaction like basically like when i looked around i saw a lot of young people that looked like a lot of young people that are here mm-hmm. uh and and part of me was like okay Sometimes it's so hard to get young people just to read their Bible. Yeah. To get young people just to like get out of themselves and mm-hmm. get out of like focusing on a million things, relationships and mm-hmm. all these other things and all to get them and just to see young people dedicated to saying I'm going to focus on the Lord 30 minutes, an hour, 2 mm-hmm. hours days on end <laughs> yeah like, listen yeah. i'll take that all day oh I yeah. just like uh, for me yeah. i'm just like i'll take that all day and you know uh and i would say to people um please take some time to talk to people like larry stout who've just really been praying for revival here mm-hmm. in williamsport but a lot of times <laughs> when you're praying for revival you don't even know what that looks like yeah and that's now that was that yeah. was one of the things that i was thinking about i was like you know we've been like maybe not corporately as a church, but individuals in our church, like Larry, yeah. have been praying for revival mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. And the one of the things that I was thinking about was, okay, if it happens and it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen or you expect it to happen, are you okay with that? Yeah. Because I think, you know, that calls a in the question whether or not we've thrown God into a box that is defined by our own wants and desires. Mm-hmm. So like when I, whenever you were writing your PhD, I was like, I was you know, talking to Trevor and one of the, um, one, of the, one of the scholars that I read in Dignity and Destiny by John Kilner, yeah. and you can apply this to a lot of different, mm-hmm. this quote, um, but basically he says, that the way somebody views the image of God yeah. is a clear, uh, clearly shows their theological leanings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that, that's a good way to kind of like think about revival. You know, how we think about revival and what we expect it to look like and yeah. how our um, any like model that we throw on a revival Point a point is very clear. Like, okay, where where are your theological li- leanings? Yeah. And are you, and but then it calls in a question: Are you okay with God be, being willing to break them? Yeah. And yeah. For His glory, so that the kingdom can expand. Yep. That's that's now like where um, I just like for me, I just don't think a lot of times we can come hard and critical and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think we need to probably be able to be very, like, it, it's a five mile per hour drive zone. Um, yeah. As, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. That, I would uh, even say, like, back it down to, like, one. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, like, just almost, back it almost down and just kind of, <laughs> and just wonder. Mm-hmm. Because, like, part of that is also as well, like, where I'm, like, mm-hmm. looking at scripture and seeing a God who's done a million things. Yeah. Uh, who's the, who the maker of heaven and earth. And then part of that is like, do I want to limit how he, how he works? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah. that's, con- that's going to be a conversation to still have here very soon. Like, mm-hmm. um, 
and we, we, we have to see what it looks like. What, yeah. But on the other side, okay, I'm also going to just say on the other side, I think, um, am I going to be that person that just gets in the car and drives to Asbury? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think maybe even a local church needs to probably to be thinking of is, is actually like, let's look and let's see, wow, there are people that are hungry for God. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's question our own hunger for God. Yeah. Um, and what's it look like for us to now just be able to say um, locally, we want, which is what a lot of other college students have done. They've looked over there and they're like, wow, God looks like he's doing something something with the, with the hearts of people there. And mm-hmm. they've said, we want this to be also local. Yeah. And what they've done is that they've created a space for that. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I think that's just something like where I would say, like, as you look at that, it has to check your own posture. Like, yeah. not only just your own posture, but your own hunger. Um, what it just left me with has just been like, God, do I hunger for you like this? Yeah. So, so that now, if we, on your own, in your house, all of a sudden, you are questioning your own hunger. Like, mm-hmm. am I hungering for the Lord? And then, corporately as well, or maybe even just like, like then setting aside time to just say, hey guys, let's get together, let's pray, let's really just say, like, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's read it, because it seems like to, there are some people who are great examples who are taking advantage of of, of this kind of moment. Let's, yeah. let's also take advantage of this moment. Yeah. What's it look like for us to actually set aside time to pray um, as groups mm-hmm. or as anything and see what God does? Yeah, and you know, maybe Asbury is the catalyst that, you know, Williamsport needs. Yeah. Like, and you know, we have a ton of college students mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. gap year students. Like, yeah. what would it look like for them to like start praying and be like hey like not saying that we're going to start something but we're going to get together here we're going to pray we're going to sing we're going to yeah. we're going to read scripture and mm. it's going to just be a time of where we are joining from afar mm-hmm. and not just What's re- going on? and not yeah. just um reviving our own our own affections for god mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also praying for more people to join for us more, yeah. yeah um because then like bringing it back into the text like um, that's exactly what Moses was yeah, praying. Yeah, what he was doing, in, yeah. In, eight, in verse 18, he says, Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. Mm. That's exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, but then at the same time, like when he says, show me your glory, that you're going to see this coming week. It's totally like different from what Moses is expecting. Yeah. Because God actually just says, yeah, I'm going to show you my glory. But remember, he's already seen God's glory in some way. In chapter 24, Mm -hmm. he's already seen God's glory. Where God says, I'm going to display my glory before Pharaoh, Mm -hmm. and I will get glory and stuff. So Moses has been having glimpses of like and seeing God's glory Mm -hmm. in all these other places. So what is he asking for? He's asking, is he asking for the same thing? But God says, no, 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 Moses, I'm going to give you even more than that. Yeah, I'm going to make, I'm going to proclaim my name. And then after that, God rolls out a whole scroll full of his names. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, your name is even more than that. Yeah. Which is actually an encapsulation of the whole test, the Old Testament mm-hmm. now, if you kind of follow that. So yeah. it, it's, 
we now need to be thinking about like, okay, am I pulling limits or am I, mm -hmm. do I have a sense of wonder? Does wonder have a cap? Yep. Like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. I know. And so what I think we need to be praying for is like, God, would you conform them to the image of your son? And would you mm -hmm. now begin to let this thing either come, if you've responded as a skeptic, why? Yeah. If you've kind of said, oh, okay, why? What's happening? Where's your hunger for God? What's going on in your own half life? So yeah. that's, and, that's that. You know, bringing it back to intercessory prayer. Yeah. Start interceding for those college students. Yeah. At Cedarville or Asbury. or I think there's a couple other colleges that have kind of joined in oh from yeah there's Asbury. like five or something yeah, yeah. it's like inner, pick a university one per day or one, one yeah. something and just like pray for them and mm -hmm. throw yourself in the middle between yeah. god and them and start praying so that that bridge can be built mm -hmm. and so a bridge a true transformation of the entire person can take place because once yeah. it once it isn't an, an entire person transformation an encounter with god yeah. That's going to last yeah. because it affected not just your emotions, mm -hmm. but your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your body. Yeah. One thing I'm kind of like really longing for is actually, and which is like even with the body of Christ, mm -hmm. is looking at something like that and seeing, and asking myself, okay, like, and also just praying that God would actually out of that uh, do something for, like in calling young people towards ministry, missions, whatever mm -hmm. it is, but do something. Because mm -hmm. um, I listened to the sermon, I, I think I listened to the sermon that actually like... That sparked it? Yeah, yeah, that sparked it. There was nothing super extraordinary about yeah, it. Yeah, the, uh, the president of the organization that I work with was like, there's nothing special oh, about Oh, there was nothing this, special about but That's what, for me, was very curious. There was yeah. nothing. He didn't even expect that. No, but I'm, I'm sure he wasn't complaining. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah. I, was, I found that very interesting. It wasn't like, huh. <clears throat> like, it just... You know, and then obviously, mm -hmm. like, there's still some exegetical acrobatics that he did. Some of the things where I was just like, ah, bro, <laughs> like, come on now. But, like, but you know what? He was, his main thing was like, hey, guys, have you encountered the genuine love of Jesus Christ? Yeah. That was the main mm -hmm. thing there. And out of Romans 12, and I was like, man, I can't wait to go and unpack Romans 12 again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, maybe... In the future. In, yeah. in the future, yes. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, you maybe that's... You this Sunday? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can, yeah, I'll let you take this Sunday. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like, maybe that's, you know, we can do, like, an extra, like, an extra episode where you just walk through Romans 12. Yeah. And, because Romans 12 is the pinnacle of Romans. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's... like, work, us, work our way up there, and then, like, okay, here's what's going on. I don't know, maybe we could set aside some time to do a little bit of a, an unpacking of that. Yeah, yeah. Just in the wake of this. If mm. that's really what started this whole thing, not saying that it, it'll start anything here, but yeah. it's like maybe it'll spark our 
affections for God. People don't know Romans is that powerful, bro. Like I'm telling you, <laughs> Romans, man. Like once, once you, Romans twelve, man. Like, yeah, that's just that's that's just read Romans twelve and and start wondering what is it that like because that's where he calls, let love be genuine. Yeah, detest all evil, you know, mm -hmm. and. And really just like, and it calls to a life of humility because of God's mercy. Yeah. Um, and watch what happens. So. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really good. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for walking, walking us through um, Moses' intercession for the Israelites and then, you know, how to, how to apply intercessory prayer within our own life. Mm. Um, so, again... As we say every week, uh, this is not a this is not a replacement for the Sunday sermon. It's not a replacement for being involved in a local church. It is a, just a supplement. It's a vitamin to just keep your keep your faith going strong. Keep your mind pointed towards God. Your heart pointed towards God. Yeah. So, if you are in Williamsport and you don't have a church home, we would love to see you. We would love to meet you. Um, for those of you that do have a church home, we. Pray that um, you do start thinking about what does it look like to be an intercessor for people in my church, for my church, for my pastor, for people on the street that I meet. So, again, Raphael, thank you very much for all that you do. And have a blessed week, guys. Blessed week.